Welcome, all you blokes and chillers, to the Sport Shack from the Gold Coast, Australia. In the Sport Shack this week, we're going to talk about some of the sporting topics of the week and go back in time with some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film, and lots more. And all from and with our great mate, Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present, the traditional custodians of this land, of the Gold Coast, we thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land. Hello everybody <laughs> and welcome to this episode of the Sports Shack! <laughs> I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. <laughs> And, I've, I've and Glenn's been, making funny faces at me. I've been given strict instructions today that, that she reckons she's going to listen to this podcast and make sure we behave ourselves. Yeah, who's this, Sam? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she won't, she can't stand sport. I, yeah. go, I go to put the cricket on. She goes, no, 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 I don't know. Oh, no, it wouldn't be because the um, Big Bash. Yeah. yeah, they had the grand final last night. Perth Scorchers won. Yeah. Yeah, and hardly anyone was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, gee, it's, um, that's one of my losers of the week, yeah. the BBL, the Big Bash. Yeah. so far fallen from grace. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when the test players finished, the Aussie team, so – they're allowed to go back and play, you know, for their big bash teams. Yeah. Like Nathan Lyon, he was allowed to go and play for the Sydney Sixers. And, yeah, but Australian cricket, the Cricket Australia, they wouldn't let Steve Smith play for the Sydney Sixers. Yeah. And just mind-blowing, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, like, they've, they've lost so many. Like, this is was its 11th season. Yeah. The number of, you know, it's just each year it's just the crowds are falling away. And people are just, I think they're just getting over it now because it, it just goes on and on and yeah. on and on. And, yeah. um, you know, and look, the, one of the, uh, the superstars of Australian cricket isn't allowed to go and play in their competition. Yeah. They're not doing themselves any favours, are they? No. Nah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. anyway, congratulations to the Perth Scorchers. That was their, I think, their fourth title. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been the most successful team in the BBL history. Yeah. But uh, I forgot to mention last week, and I've been kicking myself all week, we lost a great man, Meatloaf. Yeah. Actually, I don't think he's gone. Yeah. I was I was I was in um Aldi in Labrador on Tuesday, and there was a there was a guy there just looked just like him. Really, split an image. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he had the mask on, so I didn't get the full face, but just the mm. size, his body shape, and yeah, you know, yeah. He's he's not gone. He's just moved over the, the Gold Coast. Yeah, <laughs> he's come back from the dead. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, um, oh, jeez, I, I just loved his songs. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, yeah. yeah. What was it? Two out of three ain't bad. 
Yeah. Oh, just a classic. Like a bat out of hell. Yeah. <laughs> bat out of hell. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, from what I've heard, like, he died from COVID because yeah. he didn't want to get the injection. Yeah. So, and one of his songs is Heaven Can Wait. That's one of my favourite songs. Yeah. But, unfortunately, Heaven didn't wait for uh, poor old Meat Life. Yeah. yeah. But I remember watching him at the 2003 Grand Final. Uh, I was there that night. Okay, hang on. I'm going to give you a slap. Yeah? Hang on. Why do I need a slap? What did you say in the first episode? The first episode? Yeah. What, for this year? Yeah. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> no COVID talk. No COVID talk. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's why Livy's not here today because uh, uh, she has to go into isolation. Uh, not that she has COVID. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, now, now, now that you brought it up, yeah, I've got a COVID-related story. Yeah, hit me with it. The um, the manager up at the gym that I work at, it, she's fully protected. Hmm. With with and with the um the oh the booster jab, she got COVID. Yeah, her sister came over who's not hasn't had any any vaccinations. Sat next to her the whole time, ate off the same plate mm. of food as she did because she wanted to get COVID. Yeah, she still didn't get it. Oh, she must have a. Dynamite immune system. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it, so no more COVID. She must be drinking my Wolfberry drinks. <laughs> Wolfberry. Or plenty of rum. has been getting me through. Or plenty of rum, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, that was sad. I was sad to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw him at the 2003 Grand Final. He was at, um, part of the, the entertainment before the match. Yeah. And he's, yeah, riding around on his motorbike and, yeah. yeah, but then he had that performance at the a- uh, AFL Grand Final, wasn't it, about 10 years ago. Yeah. It didn't go too well. But. No, no, yeah, but anyway. Yeah, but, but he, he had quite a few health issues. Yeah. Yeah, he had, um, you know, like myself, a lot of issues with back pain and, yeah, yeah. but uh, so, yeah, rest what, in peace, meet life. Yeah, so what did you get up to um, on Australia Day? Had to work. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what day was it? Wednesday, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I saw on Facebook you guys had some fun. Yeah. Where was that? Just over the road from your place. Yeah? Yeah, they had the entertainment oh, and fireworks. Yeah. And that, so. and what, what time uh, do they have the fireworks? Nine o'clock. Oh, right, yeah. No, I was out. I was at men's group. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, bugger! I missed it. No, it was it was really it was really mm. good. Yeah. Oh, that would have yeah. been. Um, and also the um, the entertainment was excellent. From mm. yeah, you know, displays from different cultures. Uh, yeah, that are a big part of Australia. Oh, that, yeah. So no, it was a good night. And, uh, yeah. and Samantha's a beautiful girl looking after me. Mm. Making sure because we we got rained on a few times and oh she, yeah, she made yeah, sure I, on yeah, Wednesday, yeah. Didn't yeah. It? Mm. I kept the dryers are good. 
Yeah. But she had a great time. It was really good to see her smiling oh, and dancing. And what, and they had live music? And yeah, performances. Ah, oh, bugger. Wish I was there. I would have gone with you. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's just a normal day for me. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyway. Because with those fireworks going off and those tall mm. buildings that have built, built, been built near your place recently. Yeah. I wonder what, I'd like to know what it sounds like in there because mm. when the fireworks go off. I can hear the sound of reverberating off the building. Really? Yeah. So. Oh, the ones on New Year's Eve were great. Yeah. yeah. Had a really good view that night. Yeah. Just right outside my balcony. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Were they going from the same spot or? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's been talk about Australia Day being changed, you know. Yeah, that happens but every yeah every every day, but every year. But I I think it should be. Um, I should I think we should become a republic because after seeing um, these different groups involved with the displays on Australia Day, mm. but yeah, you know, there's. Dragon, Chinese dragons, and, and that, and a lot of them were just white Australians, not yeah. Chinese. It, it, it's a real, it's a real thick culture, mm. and also the um, the yeah, the, just all of them were really good. But, but but there was a play that this group called um, oh, they they, they help multicultural families, right. And the guy presenting it, he was so good. He was the best presenter I've ever seen. Yeah. The way he spoke and interacted with the crowd and mm. and that. Yeah. yeah, well, I tend to agree, you know. Yeah, it's time to be a republic. Yeah. We probably should have been a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, we had that referendum, what, over 20 years ago now and hasn't yeah. been mentioned ever since then, has it? No. Really? Yeah. yeah, and yeah, we don't really have anything to do with the British now. No. It's all Ex- more cri- to do with Asia, and yeah, yeah. it's it's mainly in sport. It's well, we have more to do with America now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, we had a looking at our winners of the week. Dylan Alcott. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, was named Australian of the Year. Yeah. So he won his tennis match. He got on a plane, flew to Canberra, yeah. not expecting to win the award, and yeah, he picked it up. And congratulations to him. Yeah, he's but a, apparently in his speech when he when he arrived at the ceremony mm. and he saw the big rant there, he thought, "I might have been oh, on the chance yeah. <laughs> No, but good on him. Yeah, no, yeah. he's greatest uh, wheelchair tennis player of all time. And yeah. I was watching the final. You know, because he flew back to play in the final and yeah. was watching that the other day and that was his final match before he retired. Yeah. It was really entertaining. Yeah. It's different watching a, a tennis, a wheelchair tennis yeah. match compared to 
a normal one. Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, what they do. Yeah, oh. playing on the same size court and under the same conditions and rules. Yeah. And then the wheelchair and they're just a, a racket in one hand yeah. and, and, and getting from side to side of the mm. of the uh, of the court. Well when you when you're watching it on T V it's funny because a lot of the times they're out of the frame of the T V. Yeah. So you're waiting for them to hit the ball back. Yeah. Yeah. The you can't even see them. You're yeah. just waiting for the ball to Yeah. Yeah, but um Unfortunately, he didn't win the final. Yeah, yeah. he uh, oh, it was a very tight first set, and he had his chances. But you knew if he lost that first set, yeah, yeah. it was all over Red Rover. And uh, yeah, the uh, guy from the Netherlands, uh, Schroeder or Schroeder, I think his name was. Yeah, he was just way too good. So yeah. congratulations to him and yeah. Ash Barty. Oh, she's unstoppable, isn't she? Oh, yeah, but she's still got to win tonight. Yeah. First Aussie lady in 42 years to make the Australian Open final. And if she wins tonight, she's playing American, Daniela Collins. And it's going to be a tough match. Um, Yeah, she'll be the first Aussie in 44 years to win the Aussie Open. But you've got to think back in those days, in the about 1980 and late 70s, Australian Open was Mickey Mouse compared to what it is now. Yeah. Yeah, like it was, um, yeah, you know, the real black sheep of the <laughs> the four Grand Slams. Yeah. No one really, not many players bothered to but come out. Yeah, isn't it that if she wins this one, she would have won all four Grand Slams? No, no, she's won no. the French. She's yeah. won Wimbledon. Yeah. Yeah, she hasn't won a US. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, if she plays the way she is, yeah, she should win. But yeah. she just has to be off the game a, fair, a little bit and, yeah, yeah game on. So, um, oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, Aussie men's doubles team. Yeah, Aussie men's doubles tennis. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an all-Aussie uh, final in the men's doubles. Yeah. Yeah, Kyrgios kicking uh, – Kokonakis, what's his name? Kokonakis, Kokonakis, yeah. special K's they call him. Yeah. And uh, Matt Ebden and the other guy's last name's Purcell. Yeah, so, no, you know, doubles tennis hasn't really been in the spotlight since the, the Woodies, Mark Woodford and yeah. Todd Woodbridge back in the, yeah. the, the 90s. Yeah. Uh-huh. And English batsman Heather Knight, she scored 168 not out for England against Australia in the Ashes Test in Canberra at the moment. Yeah. So that was a great innings. Mm. And, yeah, maybe she could teach the uh, English batsman a few lessons <laughs> <laughs> how to play in Australia. Yeah. Now, losers, tennis tantrums. Yeah. Oh, my life. <laughs> yeah, just some of these... Tantrums, you know, these tennis players at the Aussie Open just f- smashing their rackets on the ground. And uh, you had this Dennis uh, Sharapova, this Canadian, calling the uh, the umpire corrupt. And, you know, if that happened in rugby league, straight away you'd be sent off. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, and this Medvedev, Dennis Med- Medvedev is in the final and he'll probably beat Nadal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, he's just the greatest pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Just the way he yells at the umpires and you know, yeah. he was carrying on like a pork chop last night. Yeah. If you go on YouTube, there was a game he played a couple of years ago and um, he goes up to their chair umpire and he's smashing his racket against his chair. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And nothing ever happens to these idiots. You know, they, they, they've got to realise they're setting a, an example yeah. to future generations. That's right. You know, to young players. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so they don't get a fine or anything? Oh, just... Yeah, but the amount of money they, they earn, yeah. you know, it's like a slap on the wrist, hardly. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it'd be great to see Nadal win and yeah. kick his butt, but, yeah, I don't don't think it'll happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, rugby league players not wanting to play in the All-Stars game due to COVID fatigue. Oh, please. You know, they get to stay in these beautiful resorts with their yeah, family yeah, for a few yeah. weeks. Yeah, oh, unbelievable. Get, get paid for it and a whole lot. Yeah. Oh. And my beloved Everton yeah. <laughs> just gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sacked their coach. Yeah. Um, um, Liverpool manager. What was his name? Uh, oh. Yeah, he, he was really successful with... Um, with Liverpool, you know, who are their Cross River rivals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Aussie Tim Cale, you know, who, geez, they could do with him right now because he was one of their greats and yeah. just brought so much spirit into that club, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they started off the year really well, mm. had some really good wins, and now they're just, you know, they're on the verge of relegation. They yeah. haven't won a game in the EPL in over three months. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're just an absolute shambles. Yeah. Absolute shambles they are. And, yeah, in my whole life they've always been in, you know, in first division in the main yeah. main division there. Uh-huh. And, and uh, yeah, there's talk about Frank Lampard. Yeah. Uh, Getting the manager's job because they call them managers over there, not coaches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, gosh, you know, yeah, just things just get, they're just going down the drain, unfortunately. Yeah. And if they don't get relegated this year, geez, they will next year. They keep going, <laughs> <laughs> keep going like this. Oh, Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, um, yeah, have you got any winners and losers for this week? Yeah, well, just the winner being, I've only got winners really just, as we mentioned before, Dylan, or, Dylan, Dylan Alcott. A, Alcott becoming yeah. Australian of the Year. Oh, doesn't he leave for dead the one, the previous Australian of the Year? Yeah. Gosh, he should hand that title back. <laughs> what a spoilt brat she is. Yeah. That's despicable behaviour. Did, did you see that? No. Nah. Oh, she was at um, the Prime Minister's place. 
yeah. and just scowled and was really rude to the PM and his wife and yeah, yeah, yeah. just uh, yeah, chip on a shoulder that one. Yeah. So no, they made a good choice for this year. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, no. He's done so much for yeah. people with disabilities and sport and yeah. You know, I remember he was interviewed once and he said, you know. Uh, winning a tennis Grand Slam is like his 30th most important thing in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, he's just got such a passion for, uh-huh. you know, good. helping people with disabilities yeah, no, and yeah. inspiring them. He's, yeah. he's inspired so many kids. Oh, yeah, too. Yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you see what, he, what, he's, do- yeah, what he's done and... Oh yeah, and worked out, yeah. And you think to yourself, when you're able-bodied person, you go, "He's mm. putting me to shame." That's right. Yeah, yeah. So my, like Dylan can really, um, yeah, make it successful with his life and his mm. sport. Well, yeah, anyone can. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Any uh, other winners and? Um, yeah, well, I'll give a winner to um, an applause yeah, yeah. to the um, the, the event organisers and hosts of the Australia Day um, celebrations. It was the best one ever. It was really so well run, and this yeah. organisation and the guy that. The guy that just was um, master ceremony, it was just really nice down to earth and um, engaged with the crowd and just yeah. mucked around and just really, it really felt, even though it was <laughs> occasionally pissing in rain yeah. and then going off again, it was just a really good night. Yeah, it was a funny sort of day, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, because most people, a lot of people on Australia Day head off to the beach. And yeah. I remember last year, oh yeah. boy, did I clean up with the cans and bottles <laughs> 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 the end of the day. And when I saw the weather this year, I'm going, in the morning, I'm going, yeah. oh gosh, bugger. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I was watching the, the, the radar on you know, a couple of hours before we go. Went over, I thought, yeah, the way it was showing it was going to pass us. I thought, yeah, we were right. Yeah. So we just got over there, then, yeah. then it started to sprinkle. And anyway, that's that's a pass. So yeah. you've got some news from the US. We got a new segment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new segment. <laughs> Um, it's got something to do with America. Uh. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, if that's a breach of copyright, could contact Paul. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll delete that one. I had nothing to no, I'll leave it there. But yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure you. I'm sure the, the, the American listeners will be. 
Would appreciate that. Yeah, well, 55% of our listeners are yeah. from America. Yeah. So that's why it's important to have an American segment. Yeah. Talk about sport news from America. Because it also gives us um, an idea of what's going on in, other, on in their country as well. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. it's exciting times over there because yeah. it's leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, yeah, a strong fourth quarter from the San Francisco 49ers. Now, that's the club Jared Hayne played, played for. Yeah. When he played for them, they couldn't beat Tom with a stick. Yeah. Yeah, they were the real easy beats of the competition. So yeah. that's going back about, you know, 2015 or so. Yeah. Yeah, so enabled them to defeat the Green Bay Packers, 13 points to 10 in the snow. Yeah, so now, well, they moved into the NFC Championship game for the second time in three seasons. And the 49ers, yeah, so they play, uh, yeah, so the winner of Sunday's NFC Divisional game. So that was between the... Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who won the Super Bowl last year. That's Tom Brady's team. And the Los Angeles Rams. And have a guess who won that. I don't know. The Rams. The Rams. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see if the great Tom Tom Brady decides to retire. He's about 44 years of age. Yeah. Just incredible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't good for uh, the Green Bay Packers to lose. Yeah, so they apparently – I was listening to Phil Murphy, Murphy's name is on ESPN. Apparently they're $40 million over the salary cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> the amount of money. Like, over here they talk about, like, an NRL team if they're, yeah. you know – like six hundred thousand dollars over the cap, or a million. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't get any. Yeah. yeah. Well, when Parramatta was over the cap, I think you know, and they had all those points taken off them. Yeah. That was oh gosh. I think it was only a couple of million at yeah. the most. Yeah. You know, not even that. Yeah. Yeah, but forty million. So, so they're battling to uh, keep Aaron Rodgers. His name is a back. Yeah, fighting to keep him. Mm. So, yeah, Green Bay lost at home, unfortunately. Uh. Yeah, so the Kansas City Chiefs, they beat the Buffalo Bills in overtime. Yep. So, mm. yeah, basketball star Stephen Curry. So he's probably the biggest superstar in basketball today. Yeah. He scored on the buzzer for the first time in his illustrious career. The 33-year-old took a few dribbles to his left, found enough space and drilled a 20-yard jumper as the (laughs) clock hit zero to help the Golden State Warriors beat the Houston Rockets, Mm. 105 to 103. Now, in the American Hockey League, or the AHL, um, yeah, they suspended uh, San Jose's Barracuda. It's a good nickname, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, they're forward. Now, see if I'll get this right. Christoph Rabik for 30 games for directing a racist gesture towards Boko Imama of the Tuscan Roadrunners during a game. Now, according to Holden Perley from CNN, Rabik will be provided the opportunity to work with the National Hockey League's Player Inclusion Committee 
to participate in education and training on racism and inclusion. There's definitely no, no, um, yeah, no need for racism in sport, is there? No, no. Yeah. Very dis, yeah. Yeah. No. 30 games. And I think that hits them hard, more than money, I think. Yeah. Definitely with the NRL players yeah. over here in AFL. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so today I think we've got our last episode on the years. The, the, yeah, we've done the yeah. We've, so we're going back to the year 2007. Yeah. So what are your memories of the year 2007, Glenn? Yeah, yeah when my son would have been 10, so playing, started to play soccer, football or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. in winter and going to freezing places at night to go and watch him play. Cricket, I mean soccer. Yep. Yeah. So where were you living then? Still down near Port Macquarie. Yep. Still in Port Macquarie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Still down there. So. Yeah. So yeah. it gets cold there in winter, eh? Oh yeah. 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 It's, yeah especially some places because we were. He's. They were linked in with like Kempsey area. Yeah. So they go and play games <coughs> up in Kempsey. It gets a bit colder. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and with me, with me cerebral pores in the muscles, once mm. I get cold, I just stay cold. That would have been a nightmare. It doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. So as soon as I get home, I open up the room and start pouring that down my throat yeah. <laughs> to warm me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah um, so um, any other memories? Um, um, yeah, that would have also been... He did, did cricket as started cricket as well. All oh, right. In the in the, in that team. Yeah. Yeah. He was going to the same primary school I went to. Really. Yeah. All those years later. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter went there, and also three of my nephews. Mm. What was the name of the school? North Haven Primary. Right. When I went there, there was only two wooden classrooms. Yeah. And there was. Kindergarten to year six, and there was a we only had one school photo and it covered the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all people would come up from Sydney mm. and they go, oh, I want to see where Glenn goes to school. And the mum would say, Well, don't blink because yeah. you, you miss it. Well, this was a year before in 2006. I did the um. When I was living in Dubbo, yeah. I did the MS Readathon. Yeah. So I travelled in my car to all these schools in Western New South Wales, and yeah. oh, some of them were just tiny. Yeah. Like you know, it'd be like 10, 10 yeah. kids in the whole school. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but, but it was good fun though. There's actually a teacher there that started. She just came out of t- teachers' college when when I was there. Yeah, and she she was still there when Greg went through North Haven. Oh, okay. So she never moved to another school. Jeez. And then she retired shortly yeah. a- shortly after Greg left. So how many kids would be there now? You reckon? Oh, there's at least. Well, bef- they've in the past five years they've opened up a school more towards Lake Kai mm. because. North Haven had a bigger caption, caption area. So they would have had something like 450, 500 plus yeah. kids there when Greg was going. Mm. 
But now that there's one like Carlo, um, yeah, that's probably reduced a bit more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so my memories of the year 2007, well, I was living on the beautiful Sunshine Coast here in mm. Queensland. Yeah. I started working I started work as a support worker. Like yeah. I was travelling down to Brisbane. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was working in the valley. Fortitude Valley in Brisbane. Uh, oh, yeah. And <laughs> it's not a very nice place. Yeah. It's like the King's Cross of yeah. Yeah, Brisbane, you know. Yeah. yeah, like there's a lot of um, – I was working like in a halfway house. Oh, yeah. And there was, you know, people in there with drugs and there were brawls going on. And, yeah. You know, I remember I turned up for one shift once and, you know, I'd, I'd sort of just moved to Queensland. Yeah. And Paul's got his Parramatta jersey on. <laughs> he, he gets out of the car in the valley. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of, you know, drugs and prostitution in that area, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. yeah I'm the, I've um, driven through there, but I've actually never stopped. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I, I, I got out of the car, got my para jersey on. This guy basically comes along and mugs me. Because <laughs> I was wearing a para jersey. Yeah. A, yeah. a friend's band made a film clip for one of their songs called Run and Hide and it was, yeah. it was f- filmed in the valley up there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I experienced some interesting things when I was working in there, but yeah. I ended up purchasing a sports coaching business, yeah, which I set up and commenced on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. So I travelled to Melbourne for the training and... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I set up, set it up, and lost a lot of money out of it over the year. You know, I did it for about three years or so. Yeah. But um, yeah, but it was good because it got me back in the PE teaching, and I never thought that I'd ever go back into that. Yeah. And I picked up a lot of skills, and uh, yeah. yeah, had to employ a lot of coaches, and yeah, yeah just oh, it's hard work. You know, yeah. running a franchise business, and yeah. yeah, and I had to buy a Ute, you know, because I had to beautiful. I, it was a beautiful Toyota Hilux Ute. Yeah. Oh, what a feeling! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to with the amount of sports equipment I had yeah. to carry around. Yeah. I had to have a lot of space to put it in. Yeah. So, and all I had before that was like a little Suzuki Jimny <laughs> that, that wasn't going to do the job. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, you know, taught a whole heap of stuff. I had to learn all this, all these circus skills and, yeah. you know, I've got some equipment there I brought over for Sammy's kid, Maddie to play with, yeah. you know, and so I still have a lot of that there. Yeah, yeah but I ended up doing um, a lot of birthday parties yeah. on the weekend. And I remember there was one, there was a family in Brisbane they rang me, you know, because normally that wasn't my area. Yeah. And they rang me up and said, you know, they were desperate for someone to do this party for their kid. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay. You know, and they offered to pay me more money and I travelled uh, down there. Yeah. Kids had an absolute ball. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just from that one party, <laughs> like word of mouth, yeah. I'll have another party down there the next weekend <laughs> and the next weekend and the next weekend. Yeah. And I ended up working with a... Um, magician And he used to come along with me at the parties Yeah Yeah So um, Yeah but when Olivia was born I was glad to give it away then uh, Yeah 
So, uh, yeah, no, it was an interesting year, action-packed year, and yeah. I actually travelled to Europe too. Yeah, yeah I um, spent a lot of time in Italy, and I went on a European cruise around the Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah went to Croatia and Spain and the uh, French Riviere. Yeah. yeah, and there was um, on this cruise, like it was American cruise ship, right? Yeah. And yeah, so that I went to all these trivia sessions and it was a waste of time because all the questions were American. Uh, <laughs> and I had no idea, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but um oh geez, the food was unreal. Uh, and yeah, like you know when you go have you been on a cruise before? Uh, yeah, so when you go on uh, cruises, you, they you have, they stop at these places for a day, you know. So yeah. say they stop at um uh, you know, at Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah, you get off the boat and you go and have a look and uh, there's a bus there waiting and you go on a tour for half a day, then come back to the boat. Yeah. And yeah, when we're at France we stopped it was near um Nice. And, yeah, this tour I went on was the Nice. Yeah, there was a, a medieval town right up on this mountain, yeah. you know, and its name was Ez. And, yeah, so I went on this tour, the Nice and Ez tour, and the Americans were calling it the Nice and Easy tour. Nice and Easy. <laughs> Can I go on the Nice and Easy tour, please? Did you ever go on any of those tours for the under 35? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Kentucky's. Yeah, I went on about... Under Three th- or four of them? Yeah, what were they like? Oh, full on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, I went on one around New Zealand <gasps> um, and I made the big mistake of going out every night and <laughs> drinking and getting home in the early hours of the morning yeah. and, and I ended up halfway through that. I was so sick. I spent the rest of the time, you know, yeah, in, yeah. in bed. yeah. And in Queenstown, I was in bed. I had to, got taken to the hospital, actually. I was that ill. Yeah. Because um, you just get so run down, yeah. you know. And if one person on that bus is sick, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like Omricon. Uh, yeah. Everyone gets it. Goes, spreads like wildfire. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I, I went on one in America, all around the West Coast, and, and that was unreal, yeah. you know. And I made... The, I made sure that, no, nah, I'm not going out. I'm going to enjoy this yeah. and, you know, enjoy the sights. I'm going to go to bed early and, yeah, not get on the drink. and Because yeah. most of the people on the bus were Aussies pretty much. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, they were just there to party. Yeah. And I think I've spoken on one of the other episodes, like yeah. that coastline from South, San Francisco to America – yeah. I mean, uh, San Francisco to LA. Yeah. Um, See, so this was at towards the end of the tour. It's just spectacular scenery. Yeah. You know, and yeah. a lot of these um, the people on the tour they were getting home like when you were getting up to have your breakfast. Yeah. So they'd be sleeping all day on the bus. Yeah. And that whole trip from San Francisco to LA, they missed out. Yeah. On, yeah, on all the scenery. Because they were sound asleep. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> they'd been out in the drink all night. Yeah. But no, the, I, I did one in Turkey and that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was a much smaller Kentucky tour. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and they were more serious travellers. Uh-huh. And that was just, oh, I had the time of my life on that one. But no, too old to go on them now, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, what else did I did? Oh, yeah, I went back to Appleshaw. Yeah. Yeah, I went to the UK, caught up with a couple of uh, my friends from England who I played cricket with after yeah. all those years. It was eight years later. Yeah. They were, you know, it was like I hadn't even left. Yeah. But unfortunately, the uh, cricket team I played for, yeah, they were, they merged with another side. So. Yeah. yeah, and it was sad seeing the Oval, you know, that I had so many wonderful memories at Appleshaw's yeah. home ground. Yeah. yeah, just rot away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not get used for anything anymore. And good. yeah, so that was sad. But um, mm. no, I hope to go back there again one day and spend more time there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I remember there was a, a really bad drought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I remember every news episode, you know, on TV yeah. and um, radio, because I was listening listening to the radio yeah. a lot. So it, with my business, I was always driving from school to school. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they'd give a report on the dam levels. Yeah. And it was getting down to like 8%. Yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah, then. Back in the back in the eighties, we had a drought mm. down, but down near Port Macquarie, and we were coming off a a really small dam in Kendall, and it got down to one day left, right, of water, and then it just bucketed down for weeks and weeks. Yeah, the next day, and the drought was over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now Kendall, that's where. Um What's he? Oh, that, that um, little boy was taken from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're still, you know, still missing. Well, it's been one of the biggest mysteries in yeah. Australian. Because last history. I heard, yeah. last I heard that they've they discovered some of his clothing in the grandparents' mm. garden. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Like you know, they're saying now that. Yeah, you know, they've drilled the foster parents over it, haven't they? Yeah. And um yeah, they, nothing's come up. Mm. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. You know? yeah. Anyway. No, but also I remember coaching the uh Sunshine Coast under fifteens team yeah. for the state titles. It was up in Charters Towers, so I flew up the Townsville in, and in, in with sport. Yeah. With sport. Oh, cricket, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy, was it hot. Yeah. Oh, my oh, yeah. life. Yeah, and some of those grounds were, as, you know. Oh, there's concrete. Oh, yeah. So dry. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I really felt for those kids playing, you know, they had to play a game five days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it was hard work. Yeah. And every morning I'd, st- I'd get them up. Get him in the pool. Uh, go to the pool at the end of the day's play, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so no, we've got our quiz now. So I'll read out the questions, and then I'll give the answers. So question number one: So what team won the two thousand and seven baseball World Series? So what team won the two thousand and seven baseball World Series? 
Now, the second question is, what country won the 2007 Rugby World Cup? So what team won the 2007 Rugby World Cup? Mm-hmm. The third question, what American sports star pled guilty to charges of lying to federal investigators about steroid use and was stripped of five Olympic medals? Right, so what was the name of the American sports star who pleaded guilty the charges of lying to federal investigators about steroid use and was stripped of five Olympic medals. So I'll give you a hint there. It has, yeah, she was a track and field star. Yep. And the last question. Yeah, so three Aussie cricket legends announced their retirement after the Sydney Cricket Ground New Year's, e- New Year's Test in 2007. So they were Shane Warne, Glenn McGrath, and the other one was? Right, so you've got to tell me who the third one was. And I'll give you a hint for that too. During the week he was inducted into the Australian Cricket Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also the current Aussie cricket coach. Yeah. Yeah. So the answer to the question one is the Boston Red Sox. Right, answer the question two. South Africa. South Africa, yeah, that was their second World Cup win. And the third one, Marion Jones. Yeah, so she was the one who won all those gold medals at the yeah. Sydney Olympics. Yeah. Because she got caught within that 10-year time frame, yeah. that's why she had it stripped off her. Oh, yeah. That's why these East Germans don't get their... Medals taken off them. Because, yeah. yeah, it's just too long ago. Yeah. And the answer to the net last question, Justin Langer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, before we move on to our next one, I've, I've got a quiz for you. Yeah. Yeah. Based on the, uh, the Australian Aussie spinner, do you know what he claims... That helped him. Um, Shane, we're talking about Shane Warne. What helped him have b- build his arms and hands to become a good spinner? No, what's that? When he was young, about five or six, yeah, he had the problem with his legs. Oh, right. And he had to drag himself around on like a large skateboard. Really? For six months. So he reckons that's what developed his hands and gave him the um, the ability to, to spin. Yeah. You, next one. Do you know what other two sports you tried to get into before oh, he got he, into cricket? Aussie rules, yeah. He wanted yeah. to play. Well, he, he yeah. played for St Kilda. He yeah. wanted to have a career in AFL and thank yeah. God that didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Do you know other sports? No, what was the other one? Tennis. Really? Yeah. Oh, I never he knew was, that. He was going to be cricket, a crack at tennis. Yeah. And you know what he's famous for? Between the um, Australian Institute of Sport and the, Cric- and the Cricket Academy. Oh, what's that? He's the only one that's come out of both those organisations to go on to p- play for Australia. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I know... I know um yeah, when he was at the Cricket Academy and because it's in Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah, he got into a lot of mischief there apparently. Yeah. 
<laughs> Good old Warney. Yeah. And um, the IPL, when he was over there coaching, yeah, it was just after he retired, the players were on a million dollars a week. Mm. Yeah. Well, he was the captain coach of um, the team that won the very first title there. Yeah. 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 But it was interesting, like what you were saying before, you know, how he had problems with his – his legs. Yeah. yeah. Just before I came over today, yeah. I was listening to the Brett Lee podcast. Yeah. So Brett Lee's, you know, one of Australia's fastest bowlers ever. Yeah. Um, he was talking to Shoah Bakta. Yeah. He was a Pakistan fast bowler. Yeah. Oh, really fast. So there's only been yeah. three bowlers in history yeah. that have bowled over 160 k's an hour. Yeah. Shoah Bakta holds the record. So. Yeah. Yeah, the three are Jeff Thompson, Brett Lee, Shah Bakhtar. Yeah. So I think it's 161.3 k's an hour. And see if you know this one. Yeah. What was is what happened in the first over in the Ashes Test over in England, his first Ashes Test. Oh, his very first ball. He bowled Mike Gatting. Yeah. The ball of the century. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But in the lead-up to that test match, yeah. um, Alan Border said to him, basically told him the bowl crap because yeah. yeah. um, he didn't want to, like in the lead-up games, because yeah. he didn't want to reveal too much, you know. Yeah. So all his deliveries, he informed him that he, they have to be leg breaks, yeah. not to bowl any flippers, any robins yeah. or anything yeah. until the first test. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, I... The reason why I brought this quiz up is I, w- I watched it. I watched on um, Prime Video this morning the, the yeah. documentary on Shane. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's yeah. great, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. And the way that he's using psychology mm. to, yeah, talking to the batsman. Yeah. And <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, yeah. 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 No, that's how he got a lot of his wickets, by psyching the batsman out. Just his aura, you know. And, uh, yeah, but with Shah Bakhtar, he couldn't walk till he was about six. He used to get around, you know, like that. And that's what, yeah, you know. He he reckons that helped him become a fast bowler because he developed a lot of muscles from it. Yeah. And also, like, his mum was a, a good runner. Yeah. And Brett Lee's mum was a good good sprinter too. Oh, yeah. 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 And, yeah, it was just in the genes, you know. Yeah. But, uh, no, very interesting. No, it was, mm. it was really everything because I thought, oh, I'll put, um, I'll put this on and then I'll do me morning chores before, yeah. before Samantha wakes up. <laughs> Yeah, and um, because we in the in the you know in here we have the the rule: whoever cooks, the other person does the dishes. Yeah. So I thought I'd just put this on just to watch something in the sports shack. Yeah, in the yeah. sports shack, and oh, I, I got really, <laughs> I got really into it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic. This week's. Who am I? Okay, so this week we're going to talk about a former rugby league star. So I was born in Nambour, in Nambour, Queensland in 1983. Yeah, I used to work 
in Nambour when I lived on the Sunshine Coast. And I am a former international rugby league player who was a key part in Queensland's dominance of the State of Origin series during my long and illustrious career. Now, according to Wikipedia, I played my entire club career in the NRL for the Melbourne Storm, with whom I played in seven NRL grand finals. I also set the club's record for most ever tries and the NRL record for the most ever tries by a fullback. Now, surprisingly, at 16 years of age, I left Innisfail in North Queensland to follow my passion for, for thoroughbred racing. So, yeah, you wanted to get in the horse racing. Mm. Uh. Working initially in Sydney for six months as a roastabout for the racehorse trainer, Gay Waterhouse. And she's one of the leading racehorse trainers in Australia. Yeah. Has been for many years, yeah. yeah. I made my first grade debut in round one, 2003. I actually remember that match. Yeah, and I retired after my team lost the 2018 grand final to the Sydney Roosters. I amassed 190 NRL tries for the Melbourne Storm, which is the second most in an Australian first grade career behind the great Ken Irvine. Jeez, he was quick. He could run 100 metres in around 10 seconds, Ken yeah. Irvine. Yeah. yeah. Slater. <laughs> Did I give a hint? No. So I also won two premierships, the Clive Churchill medal twice and the Dally M medal with the Storm. Now with the Kangaroos, so that's the Australian rugby league team, yeah, I was the 2008 World Cup's uh, top try scorer and player of the tournament. And I won the 2008 Golden Boot Award and the world was the World Player of the Year. Yeah, so he's also part of the uh, Melbourne Storm side that won the 2007 Grand Final. Uh, they had it taken off them. Uh, yeah, in 2010 for going over the salary cap. Uh, cheating the salary cap. Yeah, uh, interesting. Now, I was known for my blinding speed, great skill, cleverness and toughness. And my nickname is Billy the Kid. My name is... We'll give the answer at the end of the show. Where are they now? Okay, so today we're going to talk about an Aussie cricket legend, the great Glenn McGrath. Yeah. Now... I believe he's Australia's greatest ever fast bowler. Yeah. Yeah. Him I, and Dennis Lilly. But I, I think yeah. McGrath might just pip him. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I was actually down there one Christmas because he's from the... Sutherland, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I was at Miranda Pair with my son Greg mm. and my cousin Leanne. And he, it was, and he was in the shop. Oh, okay. And he was buying one of those massage cushions to go on the chair. Yeah. And I'm looking at him, and I go, that's Glenn McGraw, and he's looking at me, and, yeah. And yeah. we just stare at each other, and they go, why don't you go over and say hello, and say, I'm Glenn, and carry on. He must get so sick of that, eh? Like yeah. some of these sports stars, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was another thing with that, um, Shane Warne. That 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 he was, 
these guys are talking about. He wouldn't. He wouldn't sign the. Um, he said, "Look, he'd sign his autograph after the after the match." Mm. And these two guys were waiting on the in the bus for over two hours. Yeah. And the and and there was a big lineup going around the bus and around the corner, and they were saying that Shane just didn't sign it and then move on to the next one. He actually engaged with the yeah. person. Yeah. 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 No, that's it, you know, because on the field, like, you, yeah, they were just ruthless and yeah. they looked mean, and but off the field, yeah. you know. And this is the thing, they call it white line fever. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk a bit about it, but Glenn McGrath was like that, you know, like on the field. On the on the uh, the field, he was this fearsome, fast bowler. He was always snarling at batsmen, and yeah. but off the field, just one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet. Yeah, yeah, laid back country guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was born in Dubbo in 1970. So yeah, that's where we were talk- talking about Dubbo last yeah. in our last episode, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. That's where I lived for several years. Mm. Yeah, so he's born in Dubbo. Now, McGrath is an Australian former international cricketer. He played international cricket for 14 years. Now, he was a fast-medium pace bowler and is considered one of the greatest Australian international bowlers of all time. And according to ESPN Crick Info, was a leading contributor to Australia's domination of world cricket from the mid-1990s to late 2000s and was regarded as the game's leading fast bowler during that time. Yeah, so McGrath came from humble beginnings. He grew up in Narromine in western New South Wales. Yeah, so I, um, when I was living in Dubbo, I worked at a school in Narromine a lot, at the high school. Yeah, yeah and that's where Glenn McGrath went to school. Oh, yeah. And there were teachers there who, who taught him. Yeah? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so... Um, yeah, you know, it's got a population of about three, three or 4,000 or so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but apparently, yeah, he was a really tall and shy kid. Yeah. Didn't say much, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but he moved to Sydney to play great cricket and he lived in a caravan. Thus, that's why he gets his nickname, Millard, after the caravan <laughs> company. Now, his other nicknames are Ooh, Ah. After, ooh, ah, Glenn McGrath. Yeah. So when I was in the Caribbean and in the West Indies in 1999, yeah, yeah all the Aussie, um, there's heaps of Aussies over there, yeah. you know, going to the matches and, yeah, they're all shout. That's where it came from, yeah. you know, when he's tours to the West Indies. Ooh, yeah. ah, Glenn McGrath. See, ooh, ah, Glenn McGrath. <laughs> Yeah, another nickname he had was Pigeon because of the fragile look of his legs. Yeah. Yeah. Now, according to Jeff Armstrong, in the book The 100 Greatest Cricketers, McGrath came into the New South Wales team in the season of 1992-93 and then into the test side, making his debut against New Zealand in Perth the following season. Yeah, McGrath had little success early on in his international career and in each of his first five test series, he was dropped at least once. Now, it was during the 1995 tour of the West Indies that McGrath stood tall after Australia's main two fast bowlers, 
Craig McDermott and Damien Fleming went home injured. McGrath was required to spearhead the attack and he took 17 wickets in the four tests and was a key part of Australia winning the series. It was their first against the great West Indies side in 21 years. Now, he, he bounced the best batsman throughout the series, even though he was regarded by many as the worst number 11 batsman in the world and that he would cop plenty of bounces from the likes of the great Kirtley Ambrose and Courtney Walsh. Uh, I wouldn't want to get bounces from them. <laughs> <laughs> That's when, you know, the ball's pitched short, bouncing at your head. <laughs> yeah. So he stayed at the wicket when batting with Steve Waugh in the deciding test match at Kingston, Jamaica, <laughs> and enabled Steve Waugh to reach his double century. Now, McGrath was known for his tremendous accuracy, ultra-consistent line, on or just outside off stump, pitching the ball in the corridor of uncertainty and often dismissing batsmen who often misread misread the length and would often be nicked out. So what I mean by that is, um, yeah, when when you're a batsman, right, you've got two decisions you've got to make, well, three really. From the time the the ball leaves the bowler's hand Uh. to the time you hit it. So you, you need to decide, am I going to go back? So am I going to go, am I going to step backwards or uh, am I going to step forwards? Uh, right? So generally if the ball is fairly pitched up, you're going to go forward, uh, right? Try and hit it down the ground. Uh, and if it's short, you're going to go back and, you know, let it go. Or um, uh, if it's a bouncer, duck it or play a pull shot or uh, a cut shot. Uh, so, yeah. So what McGrath, what he was so good at doing, well, the third decision is whether you attack the ball or, or uh, defend it, yeah. okay? But what McGrath was so good at doing, he would pitch the ball where the batsmen would get caught in two minds. So yeah. they, couldn't, they weren't sure whether to go forward or back. So what would happen then, they'd be stuck on their crease. Yeah. When you're stuck on your crease, that's when you're likely to get an edge. The uh, ball yeah. hits the edge of the bat. Goes yeah. through the wicket keeper behind or the slips. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just a master at doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, just so accurate, you know. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, he's just, uh, yeah, so he had this habit of targeting the opposition's best player, such as England's Mike Atherton and West Indies great Brian Lara was never scared to back himself and, and the team publicly. So he would often come out in the media and say, oh, Australia's going to, we're going to win 5 nil," you know. Uh. <laughs> Oftentimes they did. Yeah. yeah. So with the great Shane Warne, he formed the greatest pace man spinner partnership in cricket history and became the first Australian fast bowler to appear in 100 tests. And according to Peter Murray in the book, A Hundred Years of Test Cricket, McGrath and Warren had an X factor and never lost an Ashes test when the two played together. Because they, their, their, their partnership over the 187 tests, mm. they got 1,100 wickets. Jeez. <laughs> Unbelievable, eh? Yeah. 
Just, just slow and further. Mm. But you think, you know, when they both started their test careers, yeah, yeah, they they both came into the side. Both of them hardly played any um, first class cricket, yeah. just a handful of games, yeah. and then struggled early on their test series in their test careers. Went on to be, you know, a greatest fast bowler yeah. and a greatest spin bowler yeah. ever. <laughs> Yeah. Two of the greatest bowlers yeah. of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, they had that X factor. Yeah, so in their last 41 test matches, they only lost once, and that was against South Africa in Durban in 2002. Now, McGrath is well remembered for taking one of the greatest catches in 2002 off the bowling of Shane Warne when he brilliantly caught England's great batsman Michael Vaughan when he dived full length on the deep square leg boundary in uh, Test Match in Adelaide. Yeah. Do you remember that catch? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, how sure good was sure it? About that. He wasn't much of a fieldsman, but he's always known yeah. for that catch. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, McGraw was well known for his white line fever. So, yeah, so his behaviour would change on the field. And just sometimes go over the top, getting frustrated and angry at batsmen. And I remember he had that big stoush with um, oh, Sarwan, the West West Indian batsman, where they nearly came to blows. Yeah, in a test match in the Caribbean. Yeah, so uh, yeah, he's often snarling at the opponent batsman, getting grumpy and constantly chatting to himself. However, sweetest pie off the field. Now, McGrath holds two of the four best bowling figures in an innings for an Aussie in test matches. Eight wickets for 24 runs versus Pakistan in Perth in 2004-05 and eight for 38 versus England at the home of Cricket Lords in 1997. And boy, he loved loved bowling there. He took a hat-trick against the West Indies in Perth in 2000 2001, dismissing Sherwin Campbell, Brian Lara, the great Brian Lara. So that was his 300th wicket. Yeah. Yeah. And Jimmy Adams. Now, McGraw bowled a devastating spell when aged 35 years of age against England at Lords in the famous 2005 Ashes series. Now, according to David Frith in the book Australia versus England, an illustrated history of every test match, since 1877, McGrath used the slope and a responsive patch of turf to take five wickets for two runs and claimed his 500th test wicket in a devastating spell of bowling. Now, I remember the following morning, because that's when I was teaching at Narromine, we yeah. had an assembly at the school uh, yeah, celebrating what he'd done that previous night. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. And Australia won the test by 239 runs. However, in the following test match, now just 75 minutes before the start of play, McGrath trod on a ball in warm-up and suffered torn ankle ligaments. McGrath missed the match and much of the series, and the Aussie attack appeared less imposing. The England players were smiling from ear to ear and went on to win the series two tests to one and reclaim the Ashes for the first time in 16 years. 
And the two test matches McGrath missed, England won. Shows you how valuable he was to the side, eh? Yeah. Now, McGrath has taken more one-day international wickets than any other Australian and has been part of three World Cup winning sides, 1999, 2003 and 2007. Now, McGrath retired from Test cricket at the end of the 2006-2007 Ashes series, which Australia won 5-0, completing a whitewash. Now, all up, he played 124 Test matches, that's a lot of test matches for a fast bowler because yeah. they often break down injured. Yeah. He claimed 563 wickets with best bowling figures, 8 for 24, and a high score of 61 runs. Yeah. So, yeah, he improved his batting over the years. Yeah. Now, McGrath finished his tremendous career on top being named Player of the Tournament in the 2007 World Cup and was a key member of the Aussies. Um, who successfully defended their World Cup crown when they defeated Sri Lanka in the final. McGrath claimed the most wickets in the tournament with 26, and according to Crick Info, was the highest in any single World Cup tournament. Yeah. Now, McGrath amazingly was able to recall all of his test wickets. <laughs> so all of his 563 wickets, yeah. he... He was able to remember each one. Uh, yeah, who he got out, what delivery it was, uh, you know, yeah. how he got them out. Unbelievable, uh, eh? Uh, I think Sir Richard Hadley, he was like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Just shows you how focused they must have been, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he was the inaugural winner of the Allen Border Medal in 2000. I just found out this morning Mitchell Stark won the Allen Border Medal for this year. Yeah. Yeah, so that's for Australia's best player for the year. Uh, I was surprised Mitchell Stark won it. Yeah, I thought Pat Cummins might have won it. Uh, anyway, congratulations to him. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, according to Wisden India, he was inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame in 2011 and the ICC Cricket Hall of Fame in January 2013. Mm. Now, Glenn married flight attendant Jane Steele from the United Kingdom in 2001. They had two children, James and Holly, and Jane McGrath fought recurrent battles with metastatic breast cancer, having first been diagnosed in 1997. Yeah, so according to ESPN Crick Info, in 2002, Glenn and Jane founded the McGrath Foundation, a breast cancer support and education charity in Australia, which raises money to fund the McGrath breast care nurses in communities right across Australia and increase breast care awareness in young women. Now, according to the McGrath Foundation, on Australia Day 2008, Glenn and Jane McGrath were both made members of the Order of Australia. Now, sadly, Jane McGrath died aged just 42 years of age on the 22nd of June 2008 uh. from complications following cancer surgery. Uh. I'll never forget that afternoon when I heard uh. that on the radio. Uh. Yeah, I knew she was sick, but I, I just didn't realise she would go that quick, uh. you know. Yeah. Uh. So let's see what Glenn McGrath's doing today. So he is 51 years of age. 
and he's the chairman of the board of the McGrath Foundation. And he participates in many activities in support of the foundation to ensure the fulfilment of its vision. Now, the McGrath Foundation has placed 170 McGrath breast care, breast cancer nurses in communities across Australia and has supported over 95,000 families. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Now, this was extended for a further four years in November 2016, confirming the positions of 57 government-funded McGrath breast care nurses until 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So the New Year's test in Sydney every summer is now commonly called the Pink Test in in support of the McGrath Foundation. Um, um, Which, because it's one of the days of the test. Mm. The law that... um, Third day, I think it is. Yeah, Yeah. the the law the ticket sales goes to the Mm. McGrath Foundation... Yeah, that's right. And yeah. it, it's not just, you know, what happens at the at the ground. Yeah. It's um have the fundraising. Yeah, that's right. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a wonderful cause, isn't uh, it? Yeah, the the whole ground do they use a pink ball or they, No. They've got the stumps of the pink. They only use the pink ball for the day night test matches. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, everything else is pink, yeah. Yeah. All the seats are pretty much pink. Yeah. Um yeah, stumps are pink. Yeah. Um, yeah. Glenn McGrath goes on the ground and presents the players with pink caps. Yeah. 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 yeah so no, it's a real highlight of the summer, you know. It is. Yeah. 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 So, according to PinkTest.com, it is now in its fourteenth year, <laughs> and the Sydney Cricket Ground every year is awash in a bright and vibrant sea of pink in support of the thousands of families experiencing breast cancer in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, there are also thousands of virtual pink seats bought in support of the McGrath Foundation and our McGrath breast care nurses. Yeah. Now, the foundation supports individuals and their families experiencing breast cancer and provides nurses who provide physical, psychological and emotional support from the time of diagnosis throughout treatment. So support is available for anyone with breast cancer. So it doesn't matter what stage they're at, you know, stage one, stage four. Yeah. So they are in public or private care, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and the McGrath breast care nurses provide care and support for early or metastatic breast cancer. Yeah, so it is free due to the wonderful donations. And 95,000 families have been supporting Australia, as I said, since 2005. And 253,422 uh, hours of breast care and nursing for individual individuals and their families took place in 2021, uh-huh. last year. Yep. So many women say that they would not be alive right now if it wasn't for the help of the foundation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's especially great, especially yeah. a great help in rural areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah where, mm. where, where healthcare isn't that easy to access. That's right. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, especially mental and emotional support. Oh, yeah. For, you know, for, the, for the whole family. Mm. Especially yeah. for people on farms. And, yeah. Yeah. 
that's you know they need so much support, especially in times of drought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So according to India Cricket News on ESPN Crick Info, McGrath is the director of MRF Pace Foundation, Chennai. And he, now he replaced the great Dennis Lilly, who served who served it for twenty five years. Mm. Now Glenn McGrath met. Sarah Leonardi, an interior designer, during the 2009 Indian Premier League. They married, and according to the Sydney Morning Herald, they had a daughter in 2015 named Madison. According to Larissa Nicholson in the Sydney Morning Herald, in 2015, McGrath received widespread criticism when it was revealed he had killed a variety of animals during a hunting safari in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of, that really turned me off him when I yeah? saw that. Mm. Yeah, I just, I just thought that was after what he's been through and creating the foundation and yeah, exactly. And then seeing that, I thought, mm. that's not that's yeah. not good karma. Well, know, I think you know because he grew up in the bush. Yeah. He was used to going out with guns and yeah, shooting, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, yeah no too. excuse, eh? Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, he's expressed his reg- regret about this, yeah. apparently. Yeah. So, uh, but I think, you know, the foundation just takes up so much of his time now and he, he does a lot of commentary too. Yeah. Yeah, he's often on, um, yeah, the ABC cricket um, show and, oh, yeah. yeah. BBC and yeah. yeah, so unfortunately McGrath tested positive for COVID nineteen three days out from the start of the recent Sydney Cricket Ground test and was unable to attend in person. Now when speaking to Sunrise, which is a TV show here, the fifty one year old said he's feeling really good and normal, saying his diagnosis, quote, is just the way it goes these days. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's why Livy's not here today. Yeah. Oh well, I'm sh- she'll be back next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's the story of the great Glenn McGrath. Oh. Yeah. So let's look at the year 2000 in review now. <laughs> yeah. We've got to come up with an American soundtrack, eh? Yeah. For our American news every week. Okay. Yeah, there was a uh, sports show I used to listen to in Sydney. Yeah. And they'd have um, Dick Fane from Dick Seattle. Fane. He'd give his American sports report every week. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they'd have, you know, John McEnroe. You cannot be serious. <laughs> and, yeah. One thing I admire with Americans is just their great passion, you know, the hand on the heart when they, yeah. they sing the Star Spangled Banner and... Yeah. Yeah, just one of the world's great anthems. Mm. So let's look at news now. So one of the largest and deadliest fires in American history raged in Southern California. and It was fanned by the Santa Ana winds destroying 400,000 acres and 2,000 homes. Yeah. Now, did you see recently, I, I haven't got around to asking you this yet because, you know, you've got a good... His, you know, background in, um, you know, fibre fires and... It was firefighting. Yeah. Yeah. Those fires that they had in America, in Colorado, did you see them on the news? Yeah, yeah, we, 
We actually had six guys from my my area go over there. Fair dinkum. Yeah, because they went over quite 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 regularly mm. when they had big fires. Because and the reason why they brought f- firefighters, bush firefighters from Australia, is because of, of the type of terrain we have. Yeah, the type of bush that it covers a wide range. Of um, scenarios for for fighting bushfires. Yeah, that's great. But because over in America they have so much pine that just burns really quick and gets really hot. Right. Yeah. It's it's sort of yeah under under dry conditions a, a small pine forest fire can start. Mm. And become massive in a very short period of time. Yeah, they get a lot of bad ones in California over the years. Yeah, but what I don't understand, like with those fires in Colorado, like it was the middle of winter and it's snowing there. Yeah, and you can still get fires in the middle of winter. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I, I had a fire that we started to, to do a hazard reduction. Yeah, we had. Um, a three metre fire trail all around the around the perimeter where we were burning. Yeah. It then rained for twenty three and a half hours. Yeah. Non stop. And then half an hour of dry dry weather. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, we're not gonna be able to finish this burn for a couple more days. Yeah. It, the dry wind came in. And just picked up some embers that were sitting under a log mm. and put it into fresh, unburnt grass. And it took off. Yeah, it absolutely took off. And then no time at all, we're back out there. Oh, God. And it was just lapping up at the back of his shed. Yeah. But it just happened that quick, even, mm. that, yeah, even after nearly a whole 24-hour period of rain. Yeah. Because we always seem to get our fires in summer here. Yeah. You know? But for that to happen in the middle of winter... Yeah, yeah well, I, I'm not 100% on the pine forest, but yeah. but, but if there had been a lack of rain, and if I'm assuming that if the, the pine trees haven't had it, retained enough moisture, they, um, mm. they would just burn like... Yeah. And then time, because I think with the, the Australian gum tree, it apes it. It will um, during drought. Even though the limbs will fall, the not the limbs, but the branches will dry and fall off. The, the tree actually diverts its water back down to its roots. Right. Okay. Yeah. So during drought, just to keep it going. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, so the Apple Computer Company announced the release of the very first iPhone during yeah. January of 2007. Yeah. Now, according to the peopleshistory.com, it reportedly cost $150 million. Now, what do I remember this year? What, for one iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, but this was the first time. Like, before then, you know, mobile phones were pretty basic. Yeah. You know, you could text on them and, yeah. you know, if I wanted the cricket score, 
I would go to this thing and it would text me back in an SMS, the it, score. Yeah, yeah. But early 2007, when the Cricket World Cup was on, yeah. boy, I could watch all the highlights yeah. on video. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, look at this. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was with a, an iPhone that I had then. Uh, yeah, but, you know, that sort of phone today <laughs> would just be <laughs> chalk and cheese to what we have now, eh? That's right, yeah. Yeah. So NASA's New Horizons spacecraft fly, it f- flew past Jupiter during February of 2007 on its way to Pluto. I mm. wonder where it is now. So New Horizons took updated photos of the solar system's largest planet. New Horizons received a gravity assist from Jupiter as it flew past, which increased its speed and helped shorten its journey to Pluto by about three years. Mm. It's just a massive planet, eh? (laughs) Probably 50 times the size of Earth, I'd say. Yeah. It's probably got moons that are bigger than Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so a student... On Virginia Tech campus, went on a killing spree on April the 16th. That's my birthday. Yeah, sadly leaving over 30 students dead. Yeah. And the new Wembley Stadium in England was completed. Yeah, I went to the old Wembley Stadium once. Mm. I don't know, the new Wembley Stadium just doesn't do it for me, just compared to the old one. Yeah. You know, it just had a real... Yeah, charisma and charm, that old stadium. Yeah. But no, you've got to move with the times. Yeah. yeah, and severe drought in Australia caused wheat crop to fail and prices to increase around the world. And a bomb attack on the former Prime Minister of Pakistan, Benazir Bhutto, happened. And she um, was assassinated. Yeah, so they don't know whether it was uh, from a suicide... There was a suicide bomber... And he fired some shots, so they don't know whether she died from uh, the shrapnel or the um, uh, or, or the gunfire. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there was a terrorist attack at Glasgow Airport in Scotland by terrorists working as doctors in the British Health Service. Now, when I went over to Europe that year, um, um, we went to Glasgow. Uh, yeah. You know, caught up with a... A friend of Mac's wife uh, stayed there, uh, and oh, it's a dreary place, Glasgow. Uh, like middle of summer there, and it's like ten degrees. Not a cl- you know, just cloudy and dark, uh, and uh, yeah. And about a week after that, that happened. Yeah, we we left about a week before that. Yeah, that uh, terrorist attack. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The car drove into the uh, airport. Uh, mm. Yeah, so Nancy uh, Pelosi, yeah, she was elected as the first female Speaker of the US Congress. And Kevin Rudd, he became (laughs) the new Prime Minister of Australia after the Labor Party won the election, ending John Howard's 11 years as Prime Minister. Oh, Kevin 07. Kevin 07, that's right. So, yeah, like he um, grew up in Nambour. You know, we were just talking about Nambour before. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he worked in a cafe there, Kevin Rudd, when he was a kid. Yeah. And you go in the one of, into this cafe and they've got a, 
a plaque up there saying, Kevin Rudd worked in this cafe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so after five years' detention in Guantanamo Bay, David Hicks returned home to Australia in May after pleading guilty to terrorism charges in a controversial deal. Now, according to Elaine Ford from ABC News, Hicks was released under an interim control order. Yeah, that was a bit iffy, that, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Mm. Yep. And a New South Wales coroner found Indonesian forces deliberately killed five Australian-based journalists at Balabo in East Timor in 1975. But the Indonesian government has rejected the findings. Yeah, I, I um, watched the movie for that once. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, interesting. Mm. Uh-huh. But it's very sad what happened to them. Yeah. Yeah, but no, nah, it's definitely done by the Indonesians behind it. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at film now. So we had The Departed, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Last King of Scotland. And Juno, did you see any of those movies, Glenn? No. Yeah. yeah. So Last King of Scotland, that had Forrest Whitaker in it. Oh, yeah. Um, he played the role of Idi Amin, uh. you know, the Ugandan dictator. Yeah, Juno was about a girl who became pregnant as a teenager. Uh. Little Miss Sunshine, well, you got to watch that movie. It's oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and TV, we had Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> yeah, that was a. Um, I remember when Olivia was a baby. Yeah, we used to watch that on ABC Kids. Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> they had this African American guy on there, as this big bloke, and he was a beat bopper. Uh, and he'd teach the kids how to, how to beat bop. Beat he, oh, he was brilliant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And The Big Bang Theory, I never took to that show. Yeah. No. No. American Idol. Yeah, I used to watch that. Simon Cowell was on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the host. Yeah. Um, Dancing with the Stars, too. Yeah. And in Mm. music, we had Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani. Mm. Say It Right by Nelly Furtado. What I've Done by Linkin Park. And Love Song by Sarah Bareilles. Mm. Yeah, so sporting events now. So that's what we were talking about with Glenn McGrath before. We had the Cricket World Cup. That was held for the first time in the West Indies. And there were 16 teams in four groups. And the top two nations in each group went through to the Super 8 stage. Now, India and Pakistan, were surpri- they surprisingly crashed out of the tournament in the group stage. Yeah, so that was like a disaster for the whole tournament because, you know, all these um, Indians and Pakistanis had flown over there and, yeah, so the Cricket World Cup lost a lot of revenue. Yeah, when they when they got knocked out. Ireland stunned the cricket world, defeating Pakistan and Bangladesh defeated India. Now, the elimination of both India and Pakistan also caused a large exodus of subcontinental fans from the Caribbean and removed the prospect of an India versus Pakistan Super 8s match, which was generally considered one of the most revenue-generating and electric matches in the tournament. Yeah. 
So, you know, the 2015 Cricket World Cup, when India and Pakistan played each other, there was something like four billion people watching it or something around the world. Yeah. Yeah, the cricket world was in shock when Pakistan coach Bob Woolmer died the day after Pakistan were knocked out. Now, according to ABC, the following day, police announced that the death was suspicious and ordered a full investigation. So they, they announced that he'd been uh, strangled. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, eight months later, an open verdict was returned. Yeah, so they never came to any conclusion about how he died. But there's, you know, um, suspicion that he knew about all the, the match fixing that uh. went on. Uh. Yeah. And, you know, he was murdered because he was going to expose stuff. Yeah. Uh. Um, yeah, so eight months later, an open... Yep, so that was returned. So Australia went on to win their third successive World Cup, defeating Sri Lanka in the final by 53 runs in the dark in Bridgetown in a rain-shortened match. Now, Aussie Adam Gilchrist, he played a brilliant innings of 149 runs off 109 balls. Now, this was the highest for any batsman in a World Cup final. According to Michael Roberts in the book, Great Australian Sporting Moments, Gilly smashed eight sixes and 13 fours. Now, there was some controversy in this match over Gilchrist's use of a squash ball inside his glove during his innings. However, the MCC, they stated that Gilchrist had not acted against the laws or the spirit of the game, since there is no restriction against the external internal form of batting gloves. Yeah, so Gilchrist used a squash ball inside his glove for years as a practice aid to keep his bottom hand from moving too far around the grip. Now, Tasmania, they won their first ever Sheffield Shield title, thrashing New South Wales in the final by 421 runs. And the Rugby World Cup was held in France... And the tournament was won by South Africa, who defeated England in a trialless final, 15 points to six. Now, hot favourites, the New Zealand All Blacks, were knocked out by France in the quarter final, 20 points to 18. Yeah, there was a massive forward pass in that that got France home. Yeah, and Australia bowed out in the quarter final, in their quarter final match against England, 12 points to 10. Now, the Melbourne Storm won the NRL Grand Final, defeating Manly 34 points to 8. However, as we said in 2010, Melbourne were stripped of their premiership due to salary cap breaches exposed during the 2006 to 2010 seasons. Mm. So they had, they had um, the 2007 title taken from them, the 2009 title, and they had the 2006, 07, 08, minor premierships taken off them too. Uh, Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they, they um, ran a, a double, you know, double series of books. Uh, yeah. So what they presented to the NRL was yeah. like compared to what their actual... Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yep. So Geelong, they thrashed Port Adelaide in the AFL Grand Final by 163 points to 44 
It was the greatest winning margin in VFL, AFL grand final history. And the victory marked Geelong's seventh premiership win and ended its 44-year premiership drought. Queensland won the State of Origin Series two games to one and won for the first time at New South Wales, home Telstra Stadium, when they clinched the game when they clinched game two, winning ten points to six. And I remember I was overseas when that happened and I went bugger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now in tennis, Rafael Nadal won his third straight French Open title and Roger Federer won his fifth straight Wimbledon title. Uh, and both of them won many, many more, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, both def- defeating each other in the finals of their respective Grand Slams. Yeah. So Nadal beat Fedra in the French and Fedra beat Nadal in Wimbledon. Jeez, mm. I hope Rafa gets up tonight. Yeah. Yeah. No, tomorrow, tomorrow night it is. Ash is playing tonight. Uh, and she better win go. Or else I'll be absolutely gutted No, she'll win I'll be in tears Yeah <laughs> Now in golf, American Zach Johnson won the Masters at Augusta And Ang- Ang- Anguel Cabrera from Argentina won the US Open and If you ever see him <laughs> he's like, you know, He looks like the most unfittest sportsman you've ever seen He's, you know, small Plump fellow, but geez, he could play golf. One, yeah. one couple of majors, yeah. He was in the playoff with Adam Scott when Adam Scott won the Masters oh, yeah. 2013, yeah. yeah. Ireland's Patrick Harrington won the British Open and Tiger Woods won the US PGA. Now, the Women's Soccer World Cup was held in China and was won by Germany. And the World Athletics Championships were held in Osaka, Japan. The USA topped the medals with 14 gold, followed by Kenya with five gold. And Australia did well, winning two gold medals. To Yana Pittman, who was on our, on the, who was our guest last week on Where Are They Now? Yeah. Yep, in the 400-metre hurdles. Yeah, super mum. And Nathan Deeks in the 50-kilometre walk. And American Tyson Gay won the 100 metres and the 200 metres gold. Okay, Glenn, motorsport time. Come on, sound the pick. What took place in motorsport in 2007, Glenn? Casey Stoner won his maiden GP World Championship, according to Australian MotorcycleNews.com. He became the second youngest person to ever wear the MotoGP crown. Stoner commenced his dominant season with a start-to-finish victory in Spang. Spang, yeah. Spang in mm. round 17. And it, and it was his fifth, tenth win of the season. This equaled the record of racing wins scored by in a single season. Finland's Kimmer. Oh, Kimi Räikkönen. Kimi Räikkönen yeah. driving Ferrari won the Formula One championship. It was his first and only F1 championship. Ah. Oh, Craig Lowndes and Jamie Wincup. 
from the triple eight racing team, I was about to say triple M then, <laughs> uh, won the Bathurst 1,000. Garth Tander won the V8 Super Car Championship Series and the Holden won the Manufacturers Championship. Yeah. So now time for the reveal of this week's Who Am I? Hello, wake up. <laughs> Come on, check. Time to reveal this week's Who Am I? Thanks, John. <laughs> and the answer is... Billy Slater. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking for next episode, we'll do a two-part series. What do you think? On uh, sporting villains who became heroes. Yeah, sporting villains. And then sporting heroes who became villains. (laughs) Yeah. There's been one, especially in the last few weeks, Uh, eh? uh. (laughs) He doesn't like to get a vaccine. Uh. Yeah. 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 I actually thought of a topic. Um, oh, yeah. Um, sportsman's. Oh, now it's gone out of it. Oh, bloody. Um, oh, um, geez, come on, come on, wake up, brain, wake up. Sport like sportsman's routines. Oh, yeah. Or, or that, yeah, like the. They have pre-match routines. No, 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 no like they're um, they have to have seven bats out or or so many pairs. Oh, superstition! Yeah, yeah, that that's they, a good one. That they believe that if they don't have it, they'll lose yeah. it. And yeah. I, and I have a superstition like that. Yeah. Whenever I do a long trip, I always carry my tool bag. Yeah. Because I done it twice when I didn't have room for my tool bag. Yeah. And I broke down. <laughs> so I don't know whether it's just coincidence or... Yeah, cricketers are well known for their superstitions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I reckon we do that. What do you reckon? Yeah, but... but, but Something cut, interest, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Just, There's one person I've got in mind, actually. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. I've got another. I've got another um, idea for an episode, but I'm going to wait for Sammy to say it. Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, thanks for joining us for, for this episode of the Sports Shack. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye. Bye. G'day, it's me again. Please check out the Sporting Shack on Facebook if you like this for posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time...